the fire. I've been going through 2 Corinthians lately, and a verse that keeps catching me every time I go through it is chapter 1, verse 14 of 2 Corinthians. On the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will boast of us and we will boast of you. It's not going to be about me at all. I'm going to boast about these guys and I can be comfortable in that because they're going to boast about me. So I'll get taken care of and they're going to get taken care of. And we see throughout scripture about how we are supposed to care for one another. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Well, one of us is. Hello, hello, everybody. (laughs) I am Dr. Marie Seltz, and I'm here today in studio with a very special guest. Dr. Greg is in D.C. right now at the footsteps of the Supreme Court, advocating for life and sanctity of life issues, and we're missing him even as we speak. But I'm so grateful today uh, to welcome a very inspiring, I have to say, uh, gentleman uh, who's being gracious with his time, a very busy man, Kevin Chandler. Um, You know I'm a clinical therapist, and so I get to hear lots of stories. But there are sometimes you hear a story that just inspires you and really gets to your heart and just kind of encourages you to move forward. And when I hear something like that, I have to reach out and say, hey, can I get to know you better? Can I share you with the world? And I did just that with Kevin, and uh, he said yes. So um, we have him here today. So welcome, Kevin. Can you just uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Kevin Chandler. I'm the founder of a, a nonprofit called We Carry Kevin. And uh, it was not my idea to put my name in the title, but it (laughs) happened. And uh, uh, it came out of uh, an adventure that some friends and I had about uh, six and a half years ago, actually. Uh, We went to Europe and we left my wheelchair behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guys carried me in a backpack. Four friends carried me uh, for three weeks around Europe as we got to dance in the streets of Paris and uh, hiked through the English countryside and um, we ended up in Ireland and did some pretty amazing things too and uh, from that families reached out and, and said uh, you know where'd you get this backpack where'd you get these friends and so uh, we started sharing our story and mm-hmm. uh, I love in your intro that it said uh, God's solutions mm-hmm. you know we, uh, we yeah. try and through our story present ideas and and solutions that are not typical of the world but mm-hmm. are in line with scripture and the gospel um mm-hmm. to love one another and care for each other in creative ways and think outside the box to uh, invite one another in so that's what we're doing now and um yeah that's what i do <laughs> yes but you know whenever i was reading the because so let just so our listeners know you you wrote a book and the book itself, you have each chapter, and it talks about the journey. It, and you also share a bit of your family's uh, history with your older brother, your sister, and yourself. Your father was a, th- what, third-generation missionary? You come from a Christian family. Yeah. 
And, and I, I know, so you talk about that, and at the end of each chapter, well, not, it's the majority of the chapters, you invite some of your friends and the people in the chapters to share a portion of, the, of what you said and shared. Yeah, yeah, which was so fun to, to kind of get their perspective afterwards, you know, as yes. they were telling me what they were writing. I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way, or, oh, man, I wish I had written that, you know. Yes. One of them made me laugh because he was talking about the... You had to train these friends, okay? You call them band of brothers. You can call them, um, I don't know. I mean, I, the, to me, they're just like warriors, I have to say, because yeah. you, you had to train them to care for you, right? Because you, you, they had to, this is a dream you had. You were always an adventure. You always talk, you talk about being an, having an adventurous spirit, right? Yeah. And, and, and then you had physical limitations, but you, you had this thing in you. You talk about, you know, different, uh, like Peter Pan and different uh writers and different people that that inspired you and and sparked you right Mm -hmm. and so you thought well i'm just going to say what my dream is and you all were talking about what to do after college and you said i'm going to europe right yeah yeah and you had to train these people to take care of you and they all came on this journey with you and so training someone to care for you that's a big trust thing isn't it it is yeah i am you know, and, and it's funny because this trip to Europe and, and later we went to China um, as well with uh, pretty much the same group, uh, a few different guys included. But the the trip ends up being kind of an encapsulation or a, or a glimpse at what my everyday life looks like. Because um, when, I, when I moved here to Fort Wayne, which was about eight years ago, um, I really felt uh, a conviction, a a calling from the Lord to try something new, which was that, you know, we have all these government programs and we have nurses you can hire and home health aides and everything. And and all of that's great uh, in one respect, but I also felt like the Lord was saying, um, you have have friends and you invite them into your life and they're willing to help here and there. What if you just see what what happens if you just ask them to help? Like just just invite them to to volunteer and mm-hmm. and be part of your life in this uh, more um, intensive and intimate way. And so when I moved here, um, I had a roommate that helped. You uh, he would put me to bed at night, and um, then I had another couple of guys that I invited to come and get me up in the morning. They would take turns. And uh, then, you know, some other guys from church heard about it and they said, oh, I want to help out with that. And then some guys from the the coffee shop and the pub, you know, different <laughs> people would hear about it and, and want to become part of the, um, the lineup, if you will, yeah, you know, yeah. and it got to where I had, um, I mean, now I, I have about 10 or 12, I think 10 guys we would take turns coming in the morning and they even communicate with each other, you know, to make that happen and, and everything. And, and all of those guys, none of them are trained for this. Um, mm-hmm. I think right now, only one of the guys is a professional medical person. He's a physician's assistant for the ER. But even with that, he is coming to help, not because of that, but because he's a friend. And so, um, you know, when it came time to go to Europe, um, three out of the four guys that were 
going to be taking care of me had never done any of it. One, it was my roommate here before I got married. And um, so he knew very well how to take care of me, but the other three didn't. And so we did have to go through this kind of process of teaching them how to help me with the restroom or do a shower or turn me at night. You know, Um, we, uh, we spent a night together, two of the guys and myself and uh, just kind of said, all right, let's just kind of do a crash course, you know, and and, um, had a a slumber party and figured it all out together. And, um, and I, I think, you know, someone asked me recently, uh, what goes through my head when I am kind of showing someone new how to how to do all this. And there's a lot of things that go through my head with that because I'm trying to balance out um, the level that of, of how comfortable they are. And um, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I know I've probably over the past 20 years, I've probably had like 60 plus guys help me, you know, mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not awkward for me, but I have to measure how they're doing um, with me, how they're doing with uh, the rest of their life and how that's going to affect our interaction and, and everything. But I think something that always comes to my mind um, for most of the time, I would hope, is uh, it's just, it's, it's humbling, you know, yes. in, in the right way to realize that Every morning that a, a guy comes and gets me up or, or every uh, every time that we travel and someone comes along to help out, um, I, I get to wake up each morning and see Jesus mm. acted out in these relationships. And um, that's just such a, a gift that I don't think most people get to experience. And why that is, well, I mean, that's a, a whole separate conversation of are we inviting people and are we, are we being vulnerable enough to let Jesus <laughs> come yeah. in through relationships, you know, and how, or are we being um, Jesus for other people and, mm-hmm. and reciprocating that um, because it is a, a thing that needs to be reciprocal. Um, but yeah, that's, it, it's always a, an amazing experience. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, can you share for our listeners uh, what your condition is? Because I did not address that so they can understand why you require caregivers. Yeah, yeah, that that, that would make sense, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I have spinal muscular atrophy, um, which put plainly means that the, the message from my brain to my spinal cord that tells my limbs what to do uh, kind of has a glitch in it. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, my muscles are weaker. They, they don't move quite as well as others. And, and so there's atrophy that builds up there. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm in a wheelchair and um, my I, I have feeling all over, but my legs don't have, I, I can't move them very much. And, um, and same with my arms, I, I can move them some, but pretty limited and mm-hmm. don't have very good balance either. And mm-hmm. so, so once I'm in my chair, I'm I'm moderately independent, but um, you know, to get to that point, requires <laughs> yeah. a lot of help. And um, and also, when we leave my chair in another country and take a backpack, mm-hmm. uh, that requires a, a profound amount of help. Because I think that's the other thing that 
you you can tell me you've read it more recently, but if you see this in the book, that um, we we see the the grandiose uh, adventures of hiking mm-hmm. Skellige or or walking on the Great Wall of China and oh. all this great stuff that uh, everyone wants pictures of. But then at the end of each day on those trips, um, we get back to where we're staying and everyone's worn out. Well, they still have to keep caring for me. Yes, yes. It, it ends there. And um, and I, I just love that. That's one of my favorite memories about the trips. It's those yeah. moments at the end of the day that no one else is going to see. You know, and I and in the book, and, and it's interesting, because then you also had a, a documentary, I guess, that what would you call it? Because you had it filmed as well, the, the entire journey was filmed. Yeah, yeah. So we have a documentary on Europe and a separate one on China, mm-hmm. neither of which are really available uh, online right now, but we, we do streaming events yes. here and there. Yes, so. yes. We'll let you know next time we're doing one. Yes, and that needs to be put out there because it is quite incredible, I have to tell you, especially when I think it was Tom that was carrying you up across the Great Wall of China. That just, oh my gosh, you are on his back. Well, l- let me just say, one of the things that was, well, there's so many things in the book, but it, what's incredible to me, Kevin, is that, you know, you're writing your perspective, you're giving, you're sharing your, your experience, right? And then your friends are giving theirs. And you, as you were saying earlier, there were different experiences that you all, like they'd say, oh, I didn't have to see that, or I didn't notice that. I remember when you first did your first kind of adventure together, it was in what, uh, it wasn't even in Europe. You all were doing some trial things. You decided you want to have an adventure in the sewer system or something. You did something like that? Yeah, yeah the sewers in North Carolina. We, yeah, and they we, put we, you in a backpack. We thought that would be fun. So. Yeah. And in those stories, before, so you're facing back to back. There, you're on the back, but you're back to back. So when they're going down, you're looking up at the ceiling. You're Mm -hmm. facing completely. You have different perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's completely different. And you went by spiders. You didn't even know you were going by these spiders. And they, and they had to watch to make sure your nose didn't get hurt, or you weren't because you were so close to the ceiling of the these crevices and Mm -hmm. places you all were going through. So you had a different, it's it's fascinating to look at, especially in doing the work I do and and just, you know, how our view of the world and how we see things. And so you have these men, these friends that are carrying you. And I don't know. I mean, you, you have what you weighed. I think you said you weighed 65 pounds at that time. And then you had the weight of the pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so by the time you all went to Europe and China, you and your friends, was it you and Luke that created the backpack? Uh, Tom. Tom. Tom okay, yeah. Tom. God we, bless we, that man. Well, we on film, but yeah, Tom and I came up with it. You and with Tom. Yeah. And it's fascinating to see all the changes you made because to accommodate, so you weren't in so much pain and 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 mm-hmm. and just for the things you needed. But now you were back to tummy, and now you're facing the front, right? Mm-hmm. But you're yeah. even up higher, so you still have even a different perspective than they mm-hmm. are having, you know. But you're up higher than, and for you, that was incredible being up that high. Because, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's there's the other uh, aspect of a, a different viewpoint, too, which is that uh, from, you know, we all have different life experiences. So as we're going, especially, you know, through Europe or through China, everything that we see, we're, we're taking in kind of with a different filter, um, not just physically, but, but also emotionally, yes. you know, from our different experiences throughout life and and for me i i think being that high up 
um, I notice things, even if I had been on their same, their exact same eye level, mm -hmm. I think I would have noticed things different from them mm -hmm. um, because I had spent my life at, at that race height, you know, yes. belt or book bag dodging height. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yeah, I think I, being up higher, I, oh. I just took things in differently and, and enjoyed. Um, but I also, at the same time, not to be self-contradicting, but at the same time, I got to experience life from their perspective, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, when we were in England, uh, one of the guys with us, Philip, was a middle school history teacher. And he said, I want to go to the British Museum because uh, so much of our history book that we use in my class, uh, the photos are from there, you know, the, the uh, things that we look at are from, from this museum. And so um, I asked if I could be on his back for that part of the, yes. the experience because I wanted to see when you walk into a room of a museum, where is Philip going to go? Yes. And what is what is he going to linger in front of the longest and what is going to be most important to him? And what I found was um, after a while, he kind of, I, I don't know if you could say he forgot I was on his back or oh. he just, he just didn't. Um, I We became one in the sense mm -hmm. that he started just verbalizing his thoughts to mm -hmm. me about what he was experiencing. And so I got to see that as well. Whereas if I had been on Ben's back or, or Robbie's back, you know, or Tom's, then we might have seen some cool stuff, but it, it wouldn't have, it just would have been cool. It wouldn't have been a, a profound thing for us. And so, right. Because that was cool. so important to him. So he had, yeah. he, just like when they took you, so you could, uh, Django, whenever you, you all went to uh, see his place where he, the gypsy, uh, I don't yeah, know. The yeah, because he's a, he was a, a gypsy guitarist back in the 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. And they had a, a festival in his honor in mm -hmm. France. I was the only one in the group that even knew who he was, but the guys were, were willing to spend the day with me at this uh, kind of odd, you know, riverside yes. ground of people just sitting around, you know, playing guitar and drinking beer and, mm -hmm. you know, eating whatever came off the grill, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was a really, it was, it was awesome to, to be able to do that and to realize I couldn't have done that without them. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of, you know, we, we went to the British Museum, and uh, what's funny is um, later uh, that day, we went to Kensington Park, yes. and the guys rotate through carrying me. And so, um, you know, I, it, you never knew which guy would be carrying me. But it just worked out that when we were in the park, I ended up back on Philip's back, and we went to the um, statue of Peter Pan. Yes. Which uh, is a really interesting statue to me. I'm actually looking at a photo of it from that day right now. It's mm. on the back of the desk. But um, uh, Jay and Barry had that statue uh, built or, or carved, however you say it, um, actually a few years before he wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Because he had been playing with the character. He had mentioned him in another book, and and he felt so strongly that this character was going to be important mm -hmm. to society and to storytelling uh, that he had this statue um, raised for him. 
and uh and so it was just neat to go there and um as you mentioned earlier uh jay and barry and, and peter pan are really important to me for my um my growing up experience and for philip to carry me there mm-hmm. uh and i i again reciprocated i found myself verbalizing my thoughts to him yeah. and he soaked it in and, and enjoyed it as well um, i just love that that we get to share those experiences yeah, and and you know, I know you said you know, experience. Uh, you get to see God. I mean, you know, the Lord in the morning when you wake up, and they they are, they're coming, right? Because, it's, because I I know in the book you talk about, and then this is something. I mean, it's it. If you feel like you're just always receiving and you're not really giving, but I have to say, like everyone that that talks about you when I did some of my research, I mean, they all say that you you graft them into a journey, you graft them into an adventure, that you are an encourager, that uh, that you live a life with gratitude, that you have an infectious uh, smile, that you have an infectious energy, um, that you bring joy. You make them forget about themselves sometimes and focus outside of themselves. And some of one guy said he's very um, selfish and self-centered, but he, he when he's with you, he forgets that about himself. And it never happens except when he's with you. They talk about uh, having light, more light in their eyes, uh, in their life, um, how you bring love, joy, and hope to other people. That's something you're doing. So I think inviting people in, you know, that's also saying I trust you. And I remember it kind of made me giggle a couple of times. You know, your friends are brutally honest, too, and they'll say, oh, you know. They talk about using uh, comedy and laughter whenever in awkward moments when they have to do things with you or for you. And that's lovely, I have to say, you know. Um, if there's a discomfort, that just makes them grow, you know. And it's a, it's a very, um, I, I have to say it's a beautiful thing. And as you talked right now about wanting to, to have an experience with them and say, can I go with you on this? You know, you're asking them to carry you. That's not an easy thing, right? right. Yeah. And and I think something really beautiful about it is, you know, it's not a trip where uh, some guys decided to take their poor friend on this. No. This trip. It's that, uh, you know, we wanted as a group of friends, we wanted to do this trip. We wanted yes. to have this experience. And we realized that the only way it was going to happen, the only way for me to come along was to to do it the way we did. Yes. And, uh, and so that was kind of secondary. Right. You know, the, the, the and they wouldn't hard. have done it, Kevin, without you. They would never have done that. They wouldn't have thought to have done They wouldn't have accomplished what they were able to accomplish. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and neither would I, right? So, no. So, that's the whole yeah. thing. That's what's beautiful about your friendship. You know, uh, and the guys all worked together and some of them didn't know each other very well and some of them, you know, did and 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 everyone had their gifting and everyone had their area of specialty and everyone had a responsibility and, and it was yeah. important that they played their roles for the good of the group. Yeah, yeah and, and to realize that um, for each of us, I mean, there was something here bigger than our own agendas, yes. you know, separately. There was this this group, um, this group of guys that we each had to care for in our own unique way. Like you said, we each brought something to the table. Everybody. And, and, and so as long as we made it not about our, each of ourselves, <laughs> then, yeah. then it was going to work. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think that's, 
that's the thing is that we, um, you know, we do uh, push back against this um, this idea in culture of, of uh, self-advocacy and fighting for yourself and um, working, you know, to, to be happy, you know, yourself. And, and I think that's just human nature, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but that's not kingdom nature. That's that's not what we've been called to. I actually, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've been going through Second Corinthians lately, and a verse that keeps um, catching me every, every time I, I go through it is uh, chapter one, verse fourteen of Second Corinthians. Um, he refers to uh, on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will boast of us, and we will boast of you. Oh. And I love that because Paul is not saying we we have our things that we're gonna tell about how great we did, you right. know. It's a, right. and you you can and we'll celebrate with you. No, no, it's 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 not gonna be about me at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna boast about these guys, and and that's I can be comfortable in that because they're gonna boast about me. So yeah. I'll get taken care of, and they're gonna get taken care of. And, yeah. um, and we see throughout throughout Scripture about how. Um, we are supposed to care for one another. It never talks about, you know, self-care. It talks about right, you're right. And so, um, so it does take. It's very um, contrary to our human nature, and so we have to be um, conscious of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to um, really try and strive mm-hmm. for that, and we're going to fail at it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. even just on those trips, there were moments. Um, uh, the moments that we fell apart were when we were about ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then we would get focused again, and, and we were okay, and um, caring for others always kind of landed us where we needed to be. I love how you said that, because in the book, I and I kind of made some little notes here, you said, focus on the Father, then you see it's an infinite world, and, and, and mm-hmm. with infinite possibilities. When you focus on yourself, the world is smaller. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember uh, you talked about sometimes getting moody or getting and just wanting to experience, like you, you know, sometimes just being by yourself, and and mm-hmm. and and you would apologize to the guys. It's not about you. It's not about you. I'm just whatever. I need a walk or I need to do this, and um, and I think that's important because you were being carried around a lot, and. Um, it's exhausting, and I, I love that you were just honest with them, and you communicated with them, and, and they listened. They didn't take offense, and I remember even whenever one of the—y'all were dancing in the streets, and one of the, the your carriers—I mean, you had two primary. There were three, I think, that, that kind of passed you around quite a bit. But Yeah, there there was a force that kind of helped out, too. Yes. But, but, yeah. Yeah. But I remember when you would say, "Are you okay to continue carrying me?" And they they didn't didn't get defensive. They were like, oh, "Let me demonstrate to you that you're safe. It's okay," you know. Yeah, yeah. We would check in with each other, and yeah. they'd see how I'm doing, and I'd see how they're doing. Yes. Yeah. That was it was awesome. Now on on your trip, I heard also that you um, met your now wife, whenever I was learning about you, you weren't married yet. Um, so do you want to share a little bit about her? Yeah. So um, I, I love talking about this, of course, but um, so I won't keep us too long. But uh, when we were in China, we went to China in um, 2018 as kind of our follow-up trip um, because something that we found 
in Europe and, and especially France. We were there uh, in France during the Euro Cup. So there were people, I mean, Paris is already full of different languages and mm -hmm. people groups, but during the Euro Cup, it was especially ridiculous. And yeah. so uh, what we found was that um, people, we, we didn't need to use words to explain what we were doing. People would see us from across the, the metro car or from down the street and and I would catch their eye of it it registering with them of they may not know what disability I have. They may not know where we're from or how long we've known each other, but what they could see was that I couldn't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And the guys helping were not um, you know, paid professional. Oh no. Anything. They were just friends. It was very mm -hmm. obvious by our posture yes. that, uh, and how we were interacting that we mm -hmm. were just friends. And so it would click with them of, oh, this is, whether they had the, the terms for it or the words for it, it they, I think something in them said, oh, that's, that's love, mm -hmm. you know, and that's real love. Mm -hmm. And so we started asking ourselves, well, where could we go where... Um, we could, um, this may, may not be the right word, but where we could exploit that, where we could uh, really celebrate the fact that we didn't need language mm -hmm. to, to yeah. express ourselves. And um, and so we decided to go to China. Yes. And through that, we got to uh, spend um, some time a week, especially at uh, some care centers for orphans with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, it's a, a really amazing organization there, and and so we got to actually live on the campus and mm. and spend time rolling around on the floor with the kids and <laughs> the staff. And so um, <clears throat> there was this really uh, wonderful young lady named Katie who was uh, kind of last minute put in charge of us to make sure we <laughs> behaved. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and so as a result, she spent the whole week with us and went everywhere with us and took us to see different sites and took us downtown to the, the market and um, and everything and and so we got to know each other as as friends um, and just really enjoyed one another's company and uh, when we got in the van to leave on the last day, I turned to Ben uh, who was my roommate at the time and i said i've never met anyone like her oh. and he was like oh okay you know we're, we're guys so i say this <laughs> this thing that should you know kind of raise a flag of like oh there's something here but instead we both just kind of went shrug okay whatever <laughs> and we moved on and uh but i i found over the next few days that i was kind of in a bad mood and i couldn't figure out why i felt this this sense of um homesickness um for for where we had just left and and it was a really remarkable place so i think a lot of it had to do with just leaving the the place and the whole mm -hmm. experience um but also i i think a lot of it was her and so we we remained friends for um a, i would say another 10 or, or so months and kept texting and staying in touch and and then uh i found myself around May of 2019, reminding myself, you know, Katie's in China. And then I'd say, wait, why am I reminding myself of this? And, uh, and, and a mutual friend of ours pointed it out. And, um, and when she 
when she pointed it out, it, I felt like a, a dam burst in me of permission. And I realized, oh, that's what I want. I, I, I want to, I want to be with, with I want to be with Katie. Yeah. And, uh, the, the friend actually said, you know, you should, you should ask Katie out. And my response was, okay. (laughs) And, uh, And so, um, I, I prayed about it and, and, uh, then I texted her and I said, next time we're in the same country, do you want to get dinner? And she said, yes, very much so. When, uh, I'm, I, she had to leave every two months to reset her visa. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, in September, I'm leaving the country for a few days. I'm going to go to, um, Australia, uh-huh. you know, if you have any work there or you're speaking or anything, let me know. Ha <laughs> ha. I decided that I didn't have anything else to do there, but I would go and see her. Uh-huh. And um, my dad and Luke, our filmmaker, uh, he went as a caregiver, and we we went to Sydney, Australia, and I yeah. we and I went on our first date, and um, then exactly a year later, um, and amidst uh, the havoc of 2020, we we got married. And yes. so, uh, it's been a, almost a year and a half. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, it's just been absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, kind of wrapping it back around to what we've been talking about of pouring into other people's lives and mm-hmm. letting care be reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I always dreamed of and has actually really come to fruition is that um, she helps me love these guys well you know, just the way that she sees people and interacts with people mm-hmm. um, you know we we get to um engage these guys who come in um on kind of a mutual ground of, of caring for them and yeah. um in in ways that i never could before so oh. yeah she's such a an amazing woman yeah, well, one of the there were two things in the book that I wanted to say very quickly, and I do want you to to tell people how they can purchase your your book. I know it's available in Kindle and also hard copy. Where, where would you like them to to reach out to get that book? Um, I mean, Amazon is is fine. I know that's the easiest for people. Mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble, you know, all the the places you typically get books. Okay. I also want to promote your backpack because you all created this backpack. You had a lot of people that were interested in the backpack for, for for people and their loved ones. And so you have a ministry now with that. Yeah. So, so within the nonprofit, um, a big part of what we do is um, we distribute backpacks all over the world. It's um, uh, basically when we got home from Europe, we contacted Deuter, uh, who's uh, the backpack company that worked with us for our our design, and we said, uh, you know, we made all these changes. Can you make a professional version? So we worked with them to to come up with something that would be versatile for for more needs and and more, um, yeah, specialty things for yes. people. Yes. So, um, it's got a lot of support options, and it has a higher weight capacity than most um, child carriers. Um, typically they're about 40 or 50 pounds. Ours is 70 pounds. And, um, yeah. And, and, and so, uh, let's see here. As of right now that we, we started distributing them about two years ago and, um, 
we have about 628 countries, and, which is really exciting. And uh, people can purchase them on the website, or um, you can also apply for um, a scholarship to get a, a free backpack. Oh, I didn't know that. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. because you are this amazing Christian man, you would think yeah. of something like that. Yes. Well, and, and also that allows other people to sponsor the backpacks That's right. and donate toward, toward the backpacks, which you can do on the website, too. Okay, and what is the website? Uh, WeCarryKevin.com um, or .org. <laughs> yes, and it's WeCarryKevin, K-E-V-A-N, WeCarryKevin.com mm-hmm. or .org. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can I share two things very quickly um, from your book I thought were lovely? Your mother, when you were leaving uh, for your first uh, journey, which I know it was very, it was a leap of faith for her to do this on multiple levels, she quoted uh, Jim Elliott. Mm-hmm. He was a missionary to uh, Ecuador uh, with cannibals uh, in the 1950s, and he was actually killed by them. And later his wife went back and she lived among them and forgave them. Um, but he, uh, in his journal, Jim uh, Elliott wrote, and his, your mama wrote this, she said, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. I, I think that's so important. Um, be all there, you know, yeah. every single day. Because we, we don't know about tomorrow. We can make preparations for tomorrow, and we ought to be, but live every moment today. And I think throughout the, the book, when I'm reading it, you're, you're describing, you know, what you experienced on multiple sensory levels and, um, and, and emotional levels. And, and I have to say, I, and just being, you know, one of the best things we can do is to make our, to make our life richer is to remember to live it to the hilt like that every single day, right? Yeah, because I, I think, too, um, you know, living life to the fullest doesn't mean doing the most extreme things, but living life to the fullest means being present where you are yes. and, and experiencing the richness of the moment that you're in. Um, so, yeah, I love that. Living, live life to the hilt. Yeah. And I thought about you, that, that, that quote, whenever your friends left you to just experience the open field. Um, mm-hmm. And you breathed in, and you were breathing, and you were conscious of it. And you did the same thing your first night in Paris when you were looking out over the city. And you were breathing it in, and you said, I tried to hold it in as long as I could. And I, I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, to just, that's like really taking it in, you know. That that was incredible. And the, another thing, and I want to close with this, and I'll give you the final word if you'd like to. I want to say... Another quote you put in here was, and, and this is going back to where you talked about the intentionality of the places you decided to visit and that w- what you wanted to demonstrate to the people there, which I think was incredible. You said, as long as we're alive, we're leaving an impression. Sometimes it is intentional. Far too often it is not. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's so true. Yeah, we're, whether we're intending to leave an impression or not, we are leaving impressions. Yeah. We have to be, we should be intentional with that. That's right. Um, Amen. Well, and then, and I'll end with uh, a quote that's at the beginning of the book. Um, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's a quote by J.M. Barry, and, and it says, uh, your God is watching to see whether you are adventurous. Yes. And, yeah. And, and uh, I love that quote um, because it, 
it has so many layers and I, I felt like it was appropriate to, um, to begin uh, the, the book with that at the, the, the entrance of the book, if you will. Yeah. Um, because what he, you know, on, on face value, you know, it goes back to just living life to the fullest, being present. Um, but then uh, to give you guys kind of a, a behind the scenes, um, that quote is from a speech that he gave to a graduating uh, college class or, or yeah, um, student body uh, just a, a few years after World War One. Mm. And the adventurous that he's talking about is the adventure to to love others oh. and, and to choose joy and um, and to live in that joy and, and forgiveness. Um, and so I, I just, I love that because that's the the point of the book, right? Yeah. Is to live life to the fullest by saying yes and being present and loving others yeah. and, and just seeking out the richness that, that the Lord has, has given us through these experiences. Very good, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate you, and I just wish you much more adventure. Keep spreading the love, the joy, and the and the love of God that's in you because it just shows. I have to tell you, with everything you do and everything you write, and uh, I'm grateful that I cross paths with you, and I I'm, I'm, I know we're going to cross paths again. Yes, hopefully, It'd yes, be great. absolutely. Be blessed, just as you've blessed us. Thank you so very much. Thanks. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world, one that burns and consumes and one that burns and inspires. May God's love richly bless you and strengthen you to face any fire. Until next time, little embers, I'm Marie. See you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.